0: thank you all so much for joining me today before i begin i need to pray father god we just come boldly before your throne of grace we thank you so much for being full-time in our life we ask that you please allow us to receive your word today we ask that you also keep our hearts softened and melted for you so that we can receive your word also just give us um insight so that we can have guidance through the holy spirit And also just be able to have clarity in your word. God, we ask that you just confirm things for us. That you will show us your plan, will, and purpose for our lives. And also, just allow us to have discernment in every situation and circumstance, no matter what that may be. No matter what it is, Lord God, give us discernment in every single situation. So God, we ask that you keep us... um, We ask that you will keep us one million steps ahead of every situation and circumstance. And that you allow us to see the motives of everyone that we encounter. Show us specifically everything we need to pray about, everything that we need to rebuke, and everything that we need to stay away from. God, your word says that we should not walk in the way of the wicked. So God, we just ask that you please allow us to be able to live a life that is filled with abundance in a way where we can have peace that surpasses all understanding in addition to us being able to be able to walk in freedom through the power of your holy spirit just leading us in the way that we should go god let us walk in the let us walk in the path through the gate that leads to eternal life god no matter what no matter what happens, God, we want to be able to live a life of abundance. We want to walk through the narrow gate that leads to life, God. So whatever that takes, God, we want to please you. We want to satisfy you, God. Um, We ask that you just reshape the things that has been broken and shattered in our lives and just allow us to walk in abundance. God, thank you so much for giving us abundance thank you for giving us prosperity thank you for giving us the ability to take uh, authority while we're here on earth god we thank you for the authority that you've given us through the power of your holy spirit thank you for the gifts that we receive from the holy spirit god thank you god for just being trustworthy for being there for always listening to us god we appreciate you lord we appreciate you god so most importantly, Father God, we just want your will to be done in our life. We want your plan to be fulfilled. We want your purpose completed in us, God. So allow us to be able to live in a way where it's pleasing to you and satisfying to you. Let us not just accomplish the goals and plans that you have for us, but let us over exceed those goals. Um, so God, we, we ask that you just continue to allow us to be able to pray about all things reveal things to us so that we can see and know exactly what to pray about let us pray about all things god and um also we would like for you to just give us a double portion of your love mercy and grace no matter what god because we need you okay we ask that you continue to influence and inspire us encourage us influence our perception our co-perception which is also our conscious, God, just continue to inspire us. We want you to be included in every single choice and decision that we make. So we ask that you continue to influence our consciousness, including our perception, our understanding, Lord, discernment. Just continue to inspire and influence our choices and decisions, God, because we want you included in everything that we do in this life. So, God, we thank you in advance. For allowing our decisions to be wise and and um for us to make informed decisions through the power of your Holy Spirit. Let us perceive things through your perspective and not our own. And also, God, we want you to help navigate our actions and reactions to things. Um, So, most importantly, Lord, we just really need you in our life every single day. All day. Every day. Okay? So, God, we thank you in advance. We ask that you continue to allow us to commune with you in a way where we can allow the holy spirit to take permanent residence inside of us god we want to be sensitive to your voice god we want to follow you every single time you say something god let us make sure that we're seeing your glory in every situation so that we can have victory but god we we just really thank you right now and we ask that you please allow your will to be done i also would like to thank the holy spirit um just for filling me up, I ask that you please lead me in this discussion. Allow me to discuss everything that I need to today. And Father God, we also ask that, you know, we cancel every single word sp- spoken against us. And we command it not to manifest over our life. And it will not have a reaping process. Every satanic tongue spoken against us is canceled in Jesus' name. And every tongue that condemns us in judgment is condemned. In the name of Jesus Christ. So, God, we just ask that you just please allow your will to be done, not ours or anyone else's, but your will. In the name of Jesus Christ, it is sealed in your atonement blood. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining me today on Lost, Life, and Health. Let's talk about it. So, today I am back on stereotypes. All right, and we're gonna have a uh, somewhat of a succinct discussion about this. There is a lot of information surrounding stereotypes, and I just want to be able to co- cover like some of the basics. Um, so last week it was quite interesting, right? I talked about the different types of um, the different types of perception, okay? Um, and so I really want to kind of go over the diff- the different. Um, let me just kind of do a brief recap recap of what we talked about last week. So the different types of perception, you have person perception. Um, this refers to the ability to identify and use social cues about people and relationships. Then you have this social perception, basically how you um, are affected by the stereotypes and the generalizations, right? So how people are perceiving you and um, that would be considered like a a social social perception but that is the direct impact of how they're they are generalizing you or stereotyping you okay and so one is direct and one is indirect all right so the direct is the social perception okay the indirect would be the person perception basically you have the ability to identify these type of social cues within people and also in relationships Then you have this environmental stimulus, um, the attended stimulus. You have the image on the retina. This is basically like the curated science behind your perception and your stereotyping. Then you have the transduction, the neural processing. Um, We went over the main perception of understanding things through your experiences and your consciousness. Also the recognition part, just understanding how your brain distributes the information and then your actions and reactions to um your perception with your consciousness and how experiences are impacting your uh behavior so that was great information i really really love um looking at very well i think that was an article no that was an article from um consciousness in psychology and so that was that was interesting i think it still was a very well um that was a very well article too so that was very interesting to just look at the different types of perception um by cherry 2023 and she just really broke down how perception and consciousness and psychology really does impact a person's overall well-being um So looking at the consciousness, right, when we look at this part, we're going to be, we're looking at the five different levels of consciousness. So I talked about last week about how your conscious is everything that you're aware of. Your um, pre-consciousness is information that you are not aware of that you can pull into your awareness. Your unconscious memories that are sort of outside of that awareness and you don't have access to them. Um, your non-conscious mind is basically like your automatic body functions that occur without awareness and sensation so this is something automatic like if if somebody is about to fall on a bike you're gonna help them up really quick right that's a non-conscious response so that's just automatic response system then you have your subconscious mind what well subconscious mind provides you with your immediate available consciousness. So this is information that is made immediately to you. So I wanna talk about Hosea chapter four and verse six. Okay, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge because you have rejected knowledge. I also reject you as my priest because you have ignored the law of your God. I will also ignore your children. And so when you look at this, um, scripture, it gives you kind of like a, a great breakdown of understanding what the Lord is trying to say to us, right? So God is basically giving us confirmation to understand perceptions, discernment, and influences. Um, I should also put understandings there too, because understandings definitely have a big impact on your uh, influence. So I'm going to put and understanding. So it should say and understanding. So perceptions, discernment, influences and understandings all is sort of like a cohesive to the importance of the way you perceive things. So all of those things are very important when understanding and and basically uh, implementing how you react and behave according to your perception so your um perceptions is influenced by discernment also your level of understanding so co-perception is your consciousness in your mind minds are are being led by your perception discernment influences the way that you perceive things and abilities to have discernment and your ability and i meant to say and your ability to have discernment um and your abilities to have discernment decisions are inspired by your influences and motivations i would say in motivations and motivations um actions and reactions are navigated by your perception okay so what this means is co perception is your consciousness in your mind. Your minds are being led by your perception. Okay. So, how you perceive things. Do you believe that? What do you think about knowledge? Right. The Bible tells us in Hosea 4 an and 6 that my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. So, if they are destroyed from a lack of knowledge, what is your perception about knowledge do you think that you know you can still survive in this world without knowledge you know some people may think that right so you don't have to be a rocket scientist in order to live or you don't have to do this in order to survive but what the bible is talking about here is that people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge because the things that will allow them Hold on one second, everybody. Thank you. Thank you all so much for holding. Okay, so the knowledge that people need in order to have sustainability is going to come from the word of god so the knowledge that you want to be equipped with is the spiritual knowledge that god provides to you okay god gives you access to the holy spirit the holy spirit gives you gifts okay so let's look at let's look at this scripture the holy spirit the holy spirit gives um gifts so let's go to the bible let's go to first corinthians chapter 12 first corinthians chapter 12 it says now about the spiritual gifts the special endowments given by the holy spirit brothers and sisters i do not want you to be uninformed you know that when you were pagans you were led off after speechless idols however you were led off whether by impulse or habits This is the Amplified Bible that I'm looking at. Um, Therefore, I want you to know that no one speaking by the power and influence of the Spirit of God can say Jesus be cursed. And no one can say Jesus is my Lord, except by the power and influence of the Holy Spirit. Okay. So now we see this in, in 1 Corinthians 12. It's just letting us know that if somebody is saying that Jesus is cursed, then they don't have the Spirit of God living in them. If they say that Jesus is Lord, they can only say that, that Jesus is Lord if they have the Holy Spirit. So that's what God is just simply letting us know through this word here. That people that say that Jesus is cursed or Jesus is not this and Jesus that. They do not have the Holy Spirit living inside of them. Okay. They will have the Holy Spirit. When they say that jesus is lord they can only say that jesus is lord by the holy spirit so now we also we go down to verse four we're going to look at the spiritual gifts so now we see that the the holy spirit is a guiding force okay the holy spirit is an influence right let's look at let's look at the uh, king james version because i actually I really like the Amplified Bible because of my grandmother's. She really loved reading it. Um, I prefer the King James and also the NIV version. But let's just look at the King James for a moment. And I want to do a side by side with the Amplified. So I'm looking at the Amplified version here. And so the, the King James version says Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I would not have you ignorant ye know that ye were gentiles carried away unto these dumb idols even as ye were led wherefore i give you to understand that no man speaking by the spirit of god call it jesus accursed and that no man can say that jesus is the lord but by the holy spirit so we see here that people who call jesus lord they have the holy spirit if somebody says that that jesus is not or they say something about jesus that's in contradiction in contradiction to him being lord then they don't have the holy ghost okay and so that's what it says that jesus is lord but by the holy ghost okay so in verse four now there are diversities of gifts but the same spirit all right and in in verse um four of the amplified bible it says now there are distinctive varieties of spiritual gifts special abilities given by the grace an extraordinary power of the Holy Spirit operating in believers right this is verse 4 but in the same spirit who grants them and empowers believers okay so this is verse 4 still in the amplify Bible in verse 5 in the King James and there are differences of administrations but the same Lord and verse five amplified and there are distinctive varieties of ministries and services but it's the same lord who is served so what this is simply saying here to us is that yes there are going to be diverse gifts right gifts of the spirit gifts of the spirit given by the spirit distinct varieties of spiritual gifts different administrations within the within the um spiritual realm right and so this is so important to understand because in order to have knowledge you have to have what you have to need you need to have the holy spirit leading you okay simple this is simple just simple understanding here okay first corinthians chapter 12 we see this in verse 1 through 3 okay so this is a spiritual gift that i would i would not have you ignorant you know that you were gentiles carried away into these dumb idols even as you were led so you see that the idols are dumb and in the amplified bible it says you know that you were pagans you were led off after speechless idols however you were led off whether by impulse or habit so it doesn't matter the way you were led off whether it was impulse if it was your habit if it was whatever it was that led you to be influenced to follow a dumb idol that's what the word says in verse two a dumb idol or a speechless idol as the amplified bible mentions so whatever it was impulse or habit it happened so when i talk about influence on this blog your co-perception is your consciousness and your mind your minds are led by your perception so which one is leading which one your perception leads right your perception influences your co-perception okay your co-perception is your consciousness and your mind so just understand that god is simply saying here look you know um it, it doesn't matter you were gentiles but we see that when we when i talked about abraham and i'm going to get back on abraham i i think i think that i am talking about abraham on this podcast or it may be the one from uh thursday it could be thursday and friday that's it's on that podcast no no, no. actually i i actually i am talking about it on this podcast so i'll get there sooner or later okay but I really want to reflect on this, okay? This is this is important to understand. And the reason why is because we need to be able to understand how our influences kind of shape our understanding and our perception and discernment. So if the Holy Spirit is leading you, right, you're going to have access to the gifts of the Spirit and so let's kind of move a little forward it says in verse seven but the manifestation of the spirit is given to every man to profit with them so what that's saying is that this is verse seven what this is saying is that you're going to be able to benefit from the gifts of the holy spirit okay the Amplified Bible says, but to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit, the spiritual illumination and the enabling of the Holy Spirit for the common good. So you're going to profit from these spiritual gifts, right? You profit from spiritual gifts. And it's you're, when you succeed in manifesting the spiritual gifts, you are really influencing other people through your gift, right? And so in verse eight, it says, for to the one is given by the spirit, the word of wisdom to another, the word of knowledge by the same spirit. So guess what? We see that wisdom and knowledge is two spiritual gifts. given by the spirit the word of wisdom and i've already went through the spiritual gifts on a different podcast but i'm going to briefly go over them here so we see that wisdom and knowledge is a spiritual gift now some people may be saying you know this person is like this person is so brilliant they are so intelligent some people on this earth are brilliant according to the secular stance the secular perspective the worldly ideology, right? Because they understand things from the world's perspective. They understand things from this secular perspective. So, of course, they're going to seem like they they have wisdom and knowledge. But when you understand things from the Holy Spirit, Perspective. You can understand things from God's perspective. Okay, that what that means is that the wisdom that you have is beyond what the world's wisdom is. It's beyond what the world's knowledge is. In verse eight, okay, for to one is given the spirit of 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 uh, the word of wisdom to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit. So wisdom and knowledge is going to supersede anything on this world because see the same spirit, let's look at this, the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you. We see this in Romans chapter eight and 11, the spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by the same living spirit within you. The NIV version, that's the New Living Translation. The NIV version says, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. So what we see is, the holy spirit raised god from the dead and so the holy spirit lives in us so what that means is that the holy spirit is going to give us gifts and what it means is that these gifts supersedes everything in this world so let's type, let's let's look up the word um i want to kind of briefly go over this let's look at the word knowledge in hebrew okay so when we look at the word knowledge, um, hold on one sec. When we look at the word knowledge, okay. Wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. The parent roots is ham meaning heat. It is the root word of uh hacklam, hackling ham, which means wisdom. The word ham appears. Her ham appears um, in its original form. It, it means uh, separate one side from another. And also it says the plain root ham at the beginning of each of these words may not be plainly seen as how the meanings of each of these words are related. So we have different meanings for this so understanding the hebrew word for understanding is tavum comes from the verbal root bayin, meaning to understand but the deeper meaning of this word can be found in a related verbal root but which means to build So, in order to build or construct something one must have the ability to plan and understand the process that is needed this is the idea behind the verb bahim and it's derivative noun to to be able to discern the process of construction so we see that the word understanding in hebrew means to build right the word knowledge in hebrew is deprived from the root word da which is um which means door right so the word knowledge means door in hebrew and so what this this means is that each letter has more than one meaning okay and so the, the name of the hebrew letter ayin from hebrew meaning i so this letter was originally written um in the picture of an eye. so basically what it means is to be able to see so it is derived out of this parent rule and carries the same meaning of an intimate knowledge this verb is commonly used as a reference to the martial relations of a husband and wife so knowledge so God is giving us a connection with him through knowledge knowledge okay so knowledge is what door it means door or opening right god is opening uh, up a way for us to learn and how to understand him so that is what it means and when we think of um of wisdom we just have to really think about separating of water right it means heat is separating us it is you know it's a separating of of water it is applied to water we have evaporation or a separating of water so wisdom is the ability to understand that this this is this way and this is that way so part a will be this and part b will be that some people when they're secular they're going to intertwine a and b A and B need to go together in order to get C and D. But wisdom is saying, no, it is separated. This is the way that it's supposed to be. And so in order for us to fully understand God's word, you want to make sure that you have, have the Holy spirit living on the inside of you. You need the Holy spirit living on the inside of you. It doesn't matter about what people think or what they saying. It matters about what the word of god is saying god is saying that my people are destroyed from a lack of knowledge that means that they don't know how to separate or divide the word of truth let's look at this other scripture um let's look at this other other scripture okay because god wants us to be able to divide the word of truth second timothy 2 and 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. So it's all about how you handle the word of truth. Some people, they don't know how to accept the truth. And so people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge, for the simple fact that the knowledge that they need in order to sustain in this world, instead of them sustaining in a way where they can have peace that surpasses all understanding they're sustaining without the peace without the peace of mind they're sustaining without the freedom they're sustaining in this world with but without love they can sustain but they walking in bondage they're they're sustaining you know with paying the bills but they're struggling they're sustaining in their marriage but their spouse is always cheating so they barely on a limb in their marriage So, so what God is saying here is that, look, my people are destroyed because of a lack of knowledge. The lack of knowledge part is they don't know how to separate the waters. They don't know how to separate the truth from a lie. The deception is all about perception. It's all about having discernment influences and understandings. So just going back. Here to 1 Corinthians chapter 12, we see that there are two separate gifts wisdom and knowledge. See, of course, they're going to overlap, but what if you just have wisdom? You have wisdom where you can separate, you know, separate, divide the truth, right? Separate the waters, but what about other things, right? Do you have the ability to have, you know, knowledge? You have wisdom, but do you have knowledge? The knowledge that that will lead you into the right doors that will lead you down the uh, in the path of righteousness that will lead you to have a peace of mind yeah you know what the truth is you know all the problems that's going on in your life right you have the wisdom to discern the bad people from the good people yes you have the wisdom to do all of these things right but do you have the knowledge to be able to Know which door to close and know which one to open. See, because you can have wisdom, you you know which friend is a good friend, you know which one is not, you know who belongs to God. So now what door are you going to walk in? The knowledge. You need the gift of knowledge. You know, everyone isn't gonna be equipped with all of the spiritual gifts some people do have all other spiritual gifts but it's just like as it's just like if you were to look at parenting there are so many kids that some kids learn slower than others and some kids are much more advanced than, than others right and so like some you could say okay well i think it's time for you to get a driver's license and maybe to your other kid, it's like, no, you need to go through driver's education a little bit longer, right? And so the way that the gifts of the Spirit is going to work is, see, the God allows the Holy The Holy Spirit is the one who gives you gifts. So the, the Holy Spirit is the one that resides in you. So the Holy Spirit know what, what level you are on. As far as your maturity because see remember the word perfect in Hebrew means tam. it is strong's number 8535 and what it means is to be mature in thought and action. So you're mature in thought and action. So the Holy Spirit is going to know how mature you are see the bible talks about some in matthew i believe it's in matthew 24 or matthew uh let me let me check hold on one second let me pull this up so it talks about uh needing baby milk okay so instead of teaching you are still needing baby milk still needing baby milk right and so god we can turn to uh where is this is in first corinthians first corinthians chapter three i fed you milk not solid food for you were not ready for it and even now you are not yet ready so we see that um, some, this is in first Corinthians chapter three, verses one and two. So, but I brothers could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh as infants in Christ, I fed you with milk, not solid food for you were not ready for it. And even now you are not ready for you are still of the flesh. For while there is jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul and another, I follow Apollos. Are you not being merely human? So what this is saying is, look, see, people are still in the flesh. They still living in the flesh. And of course, yes, the flesh is our clothes. Okay, God clothed us with skin. We see this in the book of Genesis. Okay, our skin is our clothes. And our, we have a spirit that lives on the inside of us. All right. And so in order for you to be on solid food with Christ, you have to be at a certain mature level. So in order for you to receive additional gifts, you need to be at that mature level. So some people are still, people are the flesh, so they are infants in Christ, as this 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says, okay? So we go back to 1 Corinthians 12, and we see that if somebody, I'm just using this as an analogy, somebody may have the gift of wisdom, but not the gift of knowledge, okay? So yes, they can separate by identifying separating the waters of good and cold and bad and and good you know but they don't really know which door to close or which door to leave open it's because see the holy spirit needs to take permanent residence inside of you you need to be led by the spirit of god not the people not not the flesh people of the flesh don't be people of the flesh see it's so hard to be a person of discipline this is why god wants us to have discipline so when we look at here going back to hosea four and six my people die, my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge they are destroyed from lack of knowledge because they can't receive the gift for knowledge they receive the gift of wisdom, but many of them don't have a gift of knowledge. What door are you going to close? Keep that door closed. Do not let that person back in your life. Keep the door closed. Yes, it could be a family member. I love my family. I love you. Yes. I do. But see, you know, cousin, I love you so much, so much, but I love the peace that God has given me. So I can't allow nobody to live in my house with a different set of moral values than me. I'm I'm living a certain life, right? So we have to understand that some, some things God wants you to know, and you should it should come automatic like let's go let's go back to the stereo uh type and how we understand things through our non-conscious mind so our non-conscious mind is when you do things automatic we're talking about the curated science here okay of what's happening in your brain so i like to go back and understand the science too but i i love understanding a spiritual perspective But when you think of doing something automatic, like for instance, you are about to, you see somebody about to fall, so you grab them, that's an immediate automatic response. That is considered your non-conscious mind. It's just automatic for you. It's non-conscious. So if you know certain things in Christ, when you are at a mature Thoughts and action level. You are equipped with the gift of knowledge. You are going to know through your non-conscious automatic response. What automatic? We're talking about automatic response. You're going to know which doors to close. Because you have allowed the Holy Spirit to take permanent residence inside of you. So now your your level of peace, you know which decisions to make because you have discernment. That discernment gives you the ability to be influenced by God. That gives you an understanding to broaden the scope of your perception. So when, when you see something that's coming around, that's gonna, you know, like impede on your peace of mind, or try to interfere with the peace of man that God has given you by coming in with these secular beliefs and other flesh and this all these different acts of evil and different negative things and, you know, just bad influences. You are going to know through the gift of knowledge what you're going to allow and what you're not going to allow. Because you're not an infant. In Christ, you are mature in thought and action. So your decisions are inspired by God. So I had a lady today, she called me and she was talking to me about joining this theology class. And so the theology class is like nine months long. And it's twice a week. And so I was like, you know, I've been going to this Bible class, but I also volunteer. I'm also writing two books. I'm getting my PhD. It's so many different things that I'm doing. And I'm just like, okay, so the the main thing here is that I need to ask God. Because see, most of the, all the other stuff that I'm doing is because of me advancing in the kingdom of God. I'm advancing in the kingdom of God. So if I take on another task, could that interfere with the current processes of what God has planned for me? And yes, all of these things that I'm doing is to advance and inspire others through the kingdom of God. So I tell her, I say, you know, I'm doing a bunch of different things right now and i am um doing them for god because my degree everything else that i'm doing is going to be for god it's all about god see jesus christ he died on the cross for us so now it's time for us to live for him so this is all about god and I had to tell her. So I had to pray about this because when I start something, I'm dedicated to it. That means that if I started, I'm going to finish. I don't want to make any commitments to anything if I know I'm not going to be able to finish. Because otherwise I could, you know, like maybe shift my schedule around. And I also don't want to do anything that is going to hinder my current processes of success. So I'm not going to put too much work on myself because God has allowed me to look at things from a different perspective. I'm not looking at it from my perspective. No, I know when I want to have a break. I know when I want to have time with God. I know when I want to pray. I I know all of these things. So I don't want to add something else to my schedule that i know is not going to be um beneficial to my overall lifestyle so that's the point the point of the matter is is that when you are living for god you want to make sure that you're analyzing your choices and decisions and you saying, okay, God, you know, I know that this is very inspiring. I would love to do this. You know, this is something else I could do to advance in your kingdom, God. And I'm so excited. I would love to do it. Um, But what do you think about it? I'm not just going to make a decision. We don't make decisions without praying first. I'm going to say that again. We don't make decisions without praying. We don't make choices without praying. And so like, I'm going to tell you all the truth. I have been this way for a while now. And I can say one thing that when I make a choice and I don't pray about it, it goes downhill. So i don't do that i'm in a habit of praying before i make a decision i would be like oh i have to pray about that let me pray about that you know so i pray about stuff because it's important for me to make sure that i'm making the right type of decision i don't want to be doing stuff that is not going to make no sense and it's not going to be beneficial to my overall life so it's important to make sure that whatever you're doing in your life and whatever choices and decisions you're making are you praying to god about them so like for instance i want to move right i already prayed to god about this and where i'm where i want to move to is like really tropical right it's it's warm it's nice it's gonna be quiet you know like you know, just a bunch of more spaces. I like to have space in between houses. You know, like um, I don't like my house to be so close to other houses. I like to live like if my house is on a corner, like my house will have a whole corner section. You know, that's the way I like to have my house situated. I like to have privacy. I like cause sometimes like when I'm doing my podcast, I know my voice is a little elevated. Um, and and also i just want to go somewhere like i love exploring i don't like staying in one place at the you know all the time i like to be able to move so there is luxury in renting okay um because you get the option to get up and go whenever you want to you can go i'm not i'm not obligated to a house i'm not subjected to this one spot like i'm a tree i can go and move so God has given me the ability to do that, and so before I choose to go, I I have to find me a church. So I'm not just gonna move somewhere without thinking about well, what, where is the house of the Lord that I'm going to? That's important for me. And so, like when I when I moved here to when I moved to Memphis, it was nice, but I found a church before I came here. I was looking online. I actually had found like three different churches within the zip code that I was moving to. So now the next place I'm moving to, I've already found a church in the vicinity where I'm moving. And that's the point, like now I don't um, go to church in Memphis anymore. I have been going to online church and I really do not like that because I like going inside of the church. So that is going to change and I'm going inside the church. I like going to church every single week. So um, I haven't been inside the church in a a while now. So I need to go inside of the church and not just online. Because when you go in person, you know, you you can feel it. The presence is different. It's just like if you see a plant. If you look at a plant, you can't tell if the plant is real from looking at it on TV. You have to go and, and look at the plant in person to make sure, is this plant real? Yes, you can feel the spirit, but at the same time, it's it's good to be in person. So I want to be in person in church, okay? The main thing here, the reason why I'm telling you all, all of this is because... It's important to make sure that the decisions and choices that you're making, you're including God. Let God influence your decisions and choices. It does not matter about what people think. I'm not going to call my mom and be like, mom, well, you know, what do you think if I move to Florida? What do you think about that? I'm, I'm, I'm if i asked her that i've already talked to god first i don't need no human opinion about long-term goals for me so that's important and we need to get into the habit of encouraging each other to to do that like okay you want to move on this side of town but what church are you going to go to well what job how how is it going to be convenient to your uh traveling back and forth your commute to and from work let me explain another thing and i and see i did not know thank you holy spirit for leading me into this discussion but i didn't think i was going to be talking about this today okay because i really want to talk about how your influences can impact the way you stereotype and perceive things. Okay. It, it, your, your perception, not only just influences your stereotypes, but it's going to influence everything else in your life. Okay. It's going to navigate your actions and also your reactions to people your perception is basically everything your discernment how you're viewing things let me explain this one let me give you all this example so when i was when i was younger like i literally will never ever take a job that's more than 30 minutes away from my house ever so (laughs) i had jobs offer me over a hundred thousand dollars and i will say no the commute that 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 commute isn't that isn't substantial for me that's not gonna work for me i can't i can't do that it's too far well it's only about 45 minutes no it's out of my comfort zone to and from work i don't want to travel more than an hour to work 30 minutes is my max time 30 minutes. I don't, if the job is paying 80,000, that's what I'll take. I'm not, the, the other 20,000 to travel, an uh, extra 30 minutes is taking time away out of something else that I could be doing. So it's all about the perception. I'm And I'm telling the truth, like, <laughs> this is how I am. God has allowed me to set goals for myself you want to make sure that you know your work know your position in christ because the power of influence is very important it can be contagious and very harmful to your life so perception if how is the commute back and forth to work for you you have to prioritize prioritize the things that's important in your life by asking god okay god you know could this take away my quality of life if i'm traveling two hours to get to work and two hours to get back every day you think god wants you just traveling for four to five hours you're not getting paid to do it you're just traveling you know god wants us to utilize more of our brains than what we use but you you can't utilize more of your brain than what you're using if if you are people of the flesh see the only way to get beyond that is in first corinthians chapter one in verse eight For to one is given the spirit the word of wisdom, to another the word of knowledge by the same spirit. So, yes, some people think that it is extremely intelligent to travel four hours to get to work, two hours there and two hours to get back because they're making over $100,000. But if you look at the cost of commute and then you calculate the time depreciation and then you calculate the lack of sleep that you receive, then overall your opportunity cost doesn't even equate to those four hours a day. That isn't a good opportunity. So you will be better off. If you were making eighty thousand dollars a year, right, and able to get to work in twenty or thirty minutes, now you're cutting your time down an hour and thirty minutes, an hour and forty minutes each way. So that's a uh, over three hours that you're getting back of your time. Imagine what you could do with that. over three hours a day through about three hours to three hours of 20 minutes a day so all i'm saying here is this with the gift of the holy spirit you get the gift of wisdom and also the gift of knowledge when you're at a mature level of thought and action And so the Holy Spirit isn't going to allow us to make decisions, you know, because see, most of the time we choose, we're, we're making decisions that, that bring about the lack of peace. You made that decision. Did you include God in your choice? Like, I know for sure, for sure that the marriage that I was in was not was not organized by god period i did not have god's approval to do that and so everything that came behind that situation it was whose fault god or mine it's mine because guess what god now i i didn't have to endure all different type of stuff just because i didn't pray to god about the situation i just made a decision oh well see the bible says this so i can do this you know justifying my means to an end Oh, if you unequally yoke with somebody, that's fancy. The Bible says that an unbeliever, the believer will be saved by the believing wife. So I could just, I could, we could stay together. Just the to fanic. God didn't approve it. God didn't tell me to do that. So it's not just. You know, I'm talking about myself, but that's not the only decision that I have made, okay? I have taken a job where really I love, I really enjoy helping people, but it was so hard and difficult working with a manager who was a manager over so many, she was a manager over seven different departments. And I really enjoy working for the organization I did, but it was very difficult working with the manager and so I quit but God didn't tell me to quit and so all of the people that when I quit like all of the people wanted me to come back because I was helping them you know get stability I was helping them get jobs get their housing I was helping them do everything so they did not want me to leave they wanted me back there but i quit and i didn't pray about the quit either i was just like oh i'm tired i'm tired of going there i don't want to go in there (laughs) but it's like it wasn't it wasn't even the people it was just one person that i clearly i was avoiding that was it was okay you know i could have just stayed there because it wasn't about you know, it wasn't about me. It was really about helping the people that I was helping. And so later on, I realized why it's so important to include God in my decisions and include him in my choices. So I had begin like transforming my life. My life began to transform a little bit. And the way it had transformed was, I started noticing when I'm making choices And I'm like, okay, well, see, God, what do you think about this? God, what do you think about that? I started talking to God about situations and circumstances in my life. So now I was like, okay, so I I do grant writing, right? I actually can get grants for people. I can also get vendor license for them to get uh, contracts with the state and So like any type of business level, I do business um, consultation for people. I'm like a renaissance woman. I can do it all, okay? So I had actually wanted to um, become a vendor for the state. And instead of me just going right in, getting a contract, I prayed about this. So I said, God, you know, like I, I think I'm ready. I, I am ready. I think I'm ready. And so God says, Are you? You think you're ready? He said, I told you to get twelve board members. You only have four to six. And so. <laughs> I was like, okay, so like, like this is the point. I'm I'm trying to explain this in the best way that I can everybody, okay? So God told me literally, he said you're going to need 12 board members for what you're trying to accomplish. Cuz 12, God God gave me the number 12 because 12 is the number of leadership. And so God said that I need you to get 12 board members for your corporation. So i've had a corporation since about 2017 but i've had multiple businesses since 2002 i have my own business since 2002 and so now that i have become very equipped with you know like helping people and um other businesses like when i'm in chicago i have helped businesses get like a lot of money for their organization including setting up contracts with the state and also with the city of chicago and so the interesting thing about this is some people say well why haven't you done that for yourself yet because they don't understand what i'm about to tell you okay so let me just explain it god said that I'm not going to put anything on you that you cannot handle. I'm not going to put more on you than you can handle. You are not ready right now for your business to expand. I want you to finish what you're doing. Once you're done with that, then you're going to take off in your business. You're not even going to have to work hard. Everything is just going to come to you. This is what God said to me. So I'm sitting like, okay, God, well, like I know I could get this money for my my um storefront and everything from the I could go and apply for grants and I could, you know, set up my community center and just pick out a location and get donations and different set up a campaign. I know how to do all of these things. But God said that you haven't selected your board. You're not ready. For that yet, finish school, finish the things that you're working on, and expand on those things. And I also want you to write a book. So I okay, so look, look, this is what God said. I'm gonna explain it. God tells me to write this book. So God used multiple people to to inspire me to continue to tell me you need to write a book. You should write a book. And so I'm thinking, like, okay, well, I started on the book. And it's called human choices versus God, human choices versus God. So I'm writing the book and I'm like, okay, God. So like, I really feel that you giving me all this information about the book, but God, is this really the book that, is this the book that you want me to write? Am I writing the right book, God? Because I I heard you say you want me to write a book, but now am I writing the right book? And so god said yes you're writing the right book but i want you to write two books you're gonna write this book and you're gonna write another book and this next book that you're gonna write you are not gonna believe the book that i'm writing now the book that i'm writing at right now is a course book that is the complete review of the holy bible a complete review meeting god at through meeting god through each biblical chapter so it's a course book god has already told me how much to charge he told me how much to charge for every single thing that i write and publish so let me explain something when i am done god said that he has more things planned for me So it doesn't matter about what the enemy may try to do. It doesn't matter about you. Like, I feel like I have been censored and I don't talk about this, but I'm talking about it now because it's what God want me to talk about. So I I get censored many times on social media, specifically on LinkedIn, on a lot of different um, social media outlets where I may post something and then I'll I'll have like thousands of impressions and views and then they'll, they'll automatically go down they'll go down. I don't have nothing on there. And so like God told me, he says, I don't want you to focus on the impression or the likes or anything, because guess what? The audience are seeing you. So the word he says that my word is going out of accomplishing that, which is supposed to do. So you don't be concerned about that. I want you to keep staying focused on what you're supposed to do. I want you to keep up with the discipline. I want you to keep posting. I want you to keep working hard. I want you to keep doing all of the things that you're supposed to do. This is what God is saying. He's not only just saying that to me, he's saying that to you all too. Keep doing what you're supposed to do. Keep doing what God wants you to do. Keep focusing. Keep praying to God. When you, just, when you pray to God, don't just keep praying. Give God praise. It's like if God has given you everything you asked for, and then you just keep on asking him for everything you he has given you already. Well, God, I need a job. I need need this. I need that. God has given it to you already. If I had you, if you ask me for $25 and I give it to you, what's the next thing do you say? Thank you. So when God gives you something, it doesn't matter if you can see it or not. I I thank God every single day. Let's thank God every single day. And let's pray for each other to have... To have the courage to praise God every single day, even when you're tired, no matter what you're doing, praise God every single day if you can. Because when God has given you what he wants you to have, all you need to do is thank him after that. And it don't matter what it may look like on the outside. It's opportunity that nothing that the enemy can do to prevent or stop God's plan or will or purpose in your life period. So like I said, when it comes to perception, your perception is being influenced by either your flesh or by the spirit. So if you have stereotypes about people, And, and, and it, it is influencing your actions and reactions and navigating your perception. You need to just pray to God, God, take away this stereotype that I be doing. God, God, take away me gossiping about people. I don't want to be gossiping about nobody, Lord. I don't want, I don't want to feel like that about him. I don't want to feel like that about her, God, but thank you for showing me, show me exactly what I need to pray for them. God, thank you for inspiring my my life. Thank you for being my influence, Lord God. Thank you for encouraging me. Thank you for motivating me. So I'm telling you the truth. We have to come together as children of God and understand that it doesn't matter about, you know, like, if you believe, you, you, you have to believe it. It's not if it's you must believe somebody else can't believe that. what they can believe for you because you got to think about all the people they got healed when Jesus was on earth because of somebody else. You got the, the man who, who was on top of the roof, they was on top of the roof and, and, um, dug a hole on top of the roof to get the Jesus so their friend could be healed they had faith so because they had faith their friend was healed right so we we see all of these um different things in the bible where it shows that it does matter who what company you keep it do matter about the friends that you have it does matter So you even go to 2 second, uh, second Peter 2 and 20. It says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee that thou shalt be no priest to me. Seeing that hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. See, the Bible continues to talk about knowledge so the greek word for knowledge in the above scripture is strong's number 1922 and it's epignosis which can be pronounced as epignosis and it's defi- defined to have full discernment and acknowledgement we saw the other hebrew word for knowledge it means to, it means door so depending on what scripture you're reading this is second peter chapter 2 and verse 20. It could mean something different for instance the word perfect has nine different meanings in the dictionary but has 23 different meanings in the bible so we need to be able to understand and have that knowledge through the gift of the holy spirit let's look at first chronicles chapter 22 and verse 12 only the Lord give the wisdom and understanding and give thee charge concerning Israel that thou mayest keep the law of the Lord thy God. So what we see here is in the old Testament, which is in Hebrew, right? These, this is during a time where it, it was just people that were under the law. So the new Testament is with Jesus coming, Jesus returned. So when, when Jesus, comes on earth it's a new set of of different rules because guess what jesus allows salvation to occur through his blood so his sacrificial death so when he dies on the cross and he's crucified that is called a sacrificial death he sacrificed his life on the cross for us And so what that means is that through his blood, we receive salvation through his blood. Before we receive salvation, we have, we have faith in God and our faith gives us grace in him. So the grace that he gives us is sufficient enough for us to receive salvation. So through faith, we have grace. The grace of God is sufficient enough in our lives to give us salvation so we see that the word the Hebrew word for wisdom is sequel and can be pronounced as, as a seeker and it's also defined as intelligence by implication, success discretion knowledge policy prudence sense understanding wisdom and wise so that's what that means so wisdom allows you to be able to separate things it'll allow you to separate your failures from success but some people when they separate failure they give up right so it's like oh see this this i can't you know what's the point of keep trying it ain't working what you mean it's not working so failure should be a learning experience to teach you what not to do so like okay i failed in this subject let me try it again now i know what not to do right so failure is opportunity but if you someone that looking at failure as oh see yeah that's not for me What you mean is not for you. You could actually do anything you put your mind to. If you believe it, God says that if you say into this mountain, be thou cast and be thou removed into the sea and you believe in your heart and not doubt, but believe that those things which you said, you shall have whatsoever you said. And so what does that mean? It didn't say you had to believe in God. In order for you to have what you say. There are people that don't believe in God and they still say things and they come to pass because they believe in those things. They believe it. Like I believe everything God tell me. So all I keep seeing myself is transitioning. I am literally On a a train through righteousness. God is purifying me and sanctifying me and changing my life. Literally. Not figuratively. I'm not, I'm not, I'm saying the truth, the truth. Okay. So that's the thing. And when I, when I tell you that this feels amazing because of the fact that God is so like, God is so awesome. He's so transparent. God is very, very understanding. And when he talks to you, he talks to you at a, at a level that you're going to understand. He explained exactly the way, like it just clicked, like right there and there, it's automatic. Oh God, that's what you meant. okay so it's gonna take me a little time to get my board members but guess what when i do guess what i'm taking flight but in the meantime god said look i'm going i'm going to bless you in front of your enemies there is nothing that your enemies can do to you It doesn't matter about censoring it doesn't matter about what they try to prevent it doesn't even matter about the first book that you tried to write this this book that you're writing for me nobody and nothing will stop it nobody or nothing will stop it from getting published god said i said okay so i had to pray for my enemies so in in matthew 7 in chapter 1 it says judge not that ye may ye be not judged the reason why i don't like judging people like that because i i kind of get because of my fear of god i am afraid of god okay and so i be feeling like if i'm sitting here Being super bogus with somebody and I'm like, oh, see, you shouldn't have did this and you shouldn't do that. I have to really look at myself at that moment and say, okay, look, I have to slow down and not be putting myself in a position to get judged. Okay? Because when you judge, you will be judged. So the Hebrew word above for judge can be defined differently according to two strong concordance so i wanted to point this out all right because this kind of was nerve-wracking and god had me pray about this situation and i really did pray to god and get on my knees and praise to god about this because this is something that is very serious and i've noticed it and so god when god shows me something it's important to pray about it so I made I took a series of different screenshots, and I just want to let you all know how somewhat divided the um concordance is, okay. But I'm gonna pray about that with all of you all so we can get that finished, okay. God is already in the process of taking care of that. So wherever two or more agree, just go ahead, let us all agree in prayer that God, you know, works this out. But, so there's two different type of concordances that I use. One is through Bible Hub, and the other one is through the Strong's Concordance.org. And so the word judged in the Strong's Concordance is 8199, and it, it is pronounced uh, shafat, shafat, right? And so this is a simple and user-friendly, um, simple and user-friendly one, right? And so we're looking at the word judged, okay? They mean two different things according to the Strong's Concordance and also Bible Hub. And I wanna show you all this. So in Bible Hub, they have a very simple and user-friendly type of um, software. So we see that the word judge means acting like a judge. Already he is acting, argue our cause, decide, defend, deliver, dispense, Enter into judgment, entered into judgment, um, execute judgment, executing judgment, freed, handed down, has a controversy, so it has multiple different meanings, right? But they all mean the same thing, and that is judged, right? So on the strong's concordance, since we were just looking at Matthew chapter seven and one, you have to click on where it says Matthew chapter seven and one. But since that has an asterisk next to it, so next, you have to click on the highlighted area that shows Matthew chapter 71 because the asterisk next to it does not have a number. So it doesn't have a Lex number or a Lex word. So you have to find it in a different location. So then you have to click on the fourth tab to the right that says Dictionary. So once you click on the word judge, you click on click on the, uh the the scripture. Then you click on the word that you're trying to find. And so this scripture actually does not have a definition for the word judged. Okay? They're only giving you a definition for the word judge. So now when you click four um, tabs over to where you see dictionary, now you can view the definition for judge, not the word judged below, right? So the word judge is basically a magistrate or a ruler rather than the one who judges in the sense of trying to cause. Okay. And you can read the definition there. But what I wanted to point out, is that it is essential to understand the scriptures from the concordance of either Strong's. Okay, so both of these Strong's concordance are essential to learning the Hebrew translation and also the Greek translation of the Bible. However, we see that the Strong's concordance make it very difficult to find and understand a word like wisdom. So I have also noticed a few times that some words may change over time with them too, primarily since they are considered a dictionary that is in layman's terms, they try to demystify Hebrew and Greek through their lexicon numbers and words. A person would assume that they would make the process more efficient and effective for people to be able to find, right? You would think that. But the definition for judge is not the word judged that was typed into their system. So I typed the word judged in there, as you can see from the screenshot, right? But that's not the word that came up. So you notice that according to the Strong's Concordance, the word judge in Hebrew is shofet, which is slightly different from Bible Hub which the word judged, which is Strong's A199, is "shafet." So there should be no reason for these organizations that provide knowledge for others to be able to interpret God's word without them working together. Amen. So what I would like to do is pray that God would intervene and allow them to collaborate to deliver God's word to his children with love amen so let's pray father god we come boldly before your throne of grace and and ask for you to intervene and allow the interpreters of hebrew and greek to collaborate by collaborating to deliver your interpretation of your word to everyone who desires to understand it god we appreciate you and thank you in advance for answering our prayers for Bible hub and a strong concordance.org to collaborate effectively and efficiently to come together in the name of Jesus Christ. It is sealed in your atomic blood. Amen. Amen. Okay. So that is important. The reason why is because when I think, even though I didn't talk about this on the blog, maybe I can put it on there, but when you think about When I think about linguistics, linguistics is our ability to understand language and words and how people can perceive it. If you are making it hard and difficult for someone to understand God's word, when you clearly understand it, that to me is a form of linguistic racism i don't i don't care who is who is being performed by if you are not allowing the information that you provide to be accessible for everybody to understand it then that is considered linguistic prejudice and and racism because you don't they don't give any type of information to tell you to go click on this and click here and go here if there's an asterisk these are things that they assume that the public should know and see when we receive a gift from god our gift is supposed to be used to help impact and influence the children of god including those that are lost So people that are lost are looking for answers in God's word. And if they want to dive deeper into understanding God's word, they should not have to go through these linguistic barriers that prevents them from understanding the complete full information about Hebrew and Greek. So I really do not like seeing uh, linguistic barriers, right? Because that's another form of social exclusion and I don't like those type of things and I think it's unethical and it's wrong and it's not from God. So I think that when we're doing things, we need to make it as efficient as we can. Um, Like Albert Einstein, his famous quote it says if you cannot explain it to a six-year-old then you don't understand it so if you're an organization such as the Strong's concordance and you're not making the process efficient and effective for individuals to be able to research information then that is wrong and it's unethical so i just wanted to point that out i just we prayed about it and so i'm believing that god is going to take care of it amen so let's just kind of move on from that um so let's look i want to i want to play a video all right but before i do let's look at this scripture it's um Acts chapter 20, verse 35, it says, let's see here, hold on, okay, so Acts chapter 20, verse 35, it says, in everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak remembering the words the lord jesus himself said it is more blessed to give than to receive see it's all about giving and i tell you something right now like when i am financially strong okay i'm gonna outdo everybody on giving i love giving I love outdoing my friends on giving. I love giving. It just makes you feel good. We have to get into the habit of feeling good to help somebody. And, and you know, that's, I think that that's mainly because of how I grew up. My family, like, are really, really big givers. Like, we are known in the community to give a lot. Like, everybody know that, okay? So, that's just, I think that's, something that is a part of the way I grew up. It's just being, uh, someone that has benevolence. So it's all about giving that's, you know, life is about giving, giving, giving as much as you can, because when you give, 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 even if it's your last, it doesn't matter. It's not always about financial, um, giving either. You can give a compliment to somebody who may, you may lift their spirits up. Like they're, you know, you might be the only encouragement that they hit the a whole day. That's why when I say certain things to people, they be so ecstatic when I'm, you know, talking and I'm saying good stuff. Um, just this past weekend, I had school uh, and um, I just was complimenting everybody on every single presentation, and I mean, it was really off the chain too. It was nice, and I really, really was inspired just by how you know just just about the minds their minds the minds of my cohort members you know are really in a way to give and to help people collaboration team players teamwork you know all of those type of things really can impact a community and so i'm kind of glad in a way that we are we were able to talk about those things and i was able to compliment everybody you know because it's important for you to give out compliments you may not be able to give out anything financially to anybody but just compliment them pay attention to something like sometimes some people call me and i just be like do you have any good things to say tell me one good thing that you happy about in life and these are my friends some some of my friends that call me what is what a name five good things that you happy about right now in life because see sometimes you have to understand that coming from an environment where people are negative it can be a hard process to overcome those trans that transition So you may just be seeing things from a negative perspective. So, you know, it may be difficult for you to see anything good. But if you're waking up every single day, that's something that you could say is good. You woke up today. How are you being, how are you appreciating today? How can you appreciate the things that God has given you today? what can you appreciate that people in other parts of the world don't have access to for instance we have access to clean drinking water even though many of us don't drink faucet water right we also have food we have heated homes we have electricity You know appreciating the things that you have that god has given you and remembering those things so i wanted to look at some cognitive biases but before i do um i do have a few minutes before we go um, before i reach the two hour mark so i wanted to see if i could play this video this is eight minutes long so yes, I think I'm gonna play this video. So this is a video by, um uh, this is a, bit, a video about unconscious bias. Okay, and let me turn it up so everybody can hear it. And it's about eight minutes long, okay? So here we go. Stanford professor of psychology and MacArthur genius grant awardee,
1: Dr. Jennifer Eberhardt. everyone. I'd like to tell you a story. I'm waiting for Iris to appear. (laughs) This is Iris, okay? (laughs) Check Iris out. She's um, 28 years old and she lives in Los Angeles. She has a pet fish named Columbo and she's working on her master's degree. She also has a brown belt in Taekwondo. Now, I want you to answer this to yourself, silently. Which one is Iris? How many of you said this one? Raise your hand if you said that. Okay, what about this one? Okay, well the second one is right. Did any of you have trouble finding Iris? It's okay to be honest. (laughs) You had trouble. Okay. All right. I have another story for you. This is Joy. And Joy is 31 years old and she lives in Boston. She works as an administrator. She has a dog named Willie and she loves horror movies. Her best friend is her sister, Kate. Now, let's do this again. Which one is joy? Okay. If you thought this one, you've got the right joy. (laughs) And here's the thing. If you got joy right, there's a better chance that you're Asian. And if it was easy for you to find Iris, there's a good chance that you're white so what we just demonstrated here is a phenomenon that exists across countries across cultures across ethnic groups and it's called the other race effect the reality is that typically we all have trouble distinguishing faces of people from races other than our own and it makes sense right if you think about it most of us simply have less experience with faces from other races. We see them less frequently at family dinners, at our primary schools, in our hometowns and so forth. But this isn't just about our environment. The other race effect is actually wired into our brains. The act of perceiving faces is critical to our ability to function as humans. So this highlighted area you see here is the brain's fusiform face area, or SSA, one of multiple places in the bottom back of the brain that helps us to distinguish faces. The SSA helps us to differentiate the familiar from the unfamiliar, the friend from the foe. And over the past few years, uh, working with my team at Stanford University, we've shown that the FFA actually becomes more active its neurons firing more vigorously when people see faces of their own race when they see faces from other races though the neurons are less active so what's happening is this our experiences are actually tuning our neurons our brains are being wired by the people that we surround ourselves with So it's not just in our minds, it's actually right there in our neural passages, the connections that make it possible for us to categorize familiar, unfamiliar, similar, different, us, them. And this process of categorization doesn't stop at simple identification It extends to the beliefs and the feelings we attribute and assign to people with certain characteristics. Whether we like it or not, we all carry beliefs and feelings about all sorts of social groups, beliefs that influence our perceptions and our actions, even when we're not aware of it. This is the definition of unconscious bias. It's like the orchestra example Blessing told us about. Now check this out. Take a look at these images. Researchers have found that simply seeing images like, like this can intensify stereotypes. Seeing a picture of a male police officer, for example, makes you think that men should be police officers and that women should not be. And when our stereotypes are reinforced, even in that simple, subtle way, it can lead women to actually perform differently. For example, let's take another look at Joy. When Joy is subtly reminded of her gender identity before taking a challenging math test, her performance plummets. That's because in the U.S. and in other countries, there exists a a stereotype that women are not that good at math, right? Yet when Joy is prompted to think about herself as Asian, her performance rises on that very same math test, right? Same woman, same test, different outcome. That's how deeply ingrained these biases can be. And the thing is this, Simply having knowledge of societal beliefs about our group can influence how we perform. We don't have to personally endorse those beliefs. We don't even have to live in a society where those beliefs first emerged. That's how powerful these unconscious biases are. When you think of a lawyer or president, do you think of a male or a female? What about someone cooking dinner over a hot stove? In your mind's eye, when you see a banker, what color is their skin? What about someone in jail? People often say, seeing is believing. But in many cases, (laughs) believing is seeing. Bias isn't always bad or wrong. It actually helps us to decide to approach the house pet but leave the wild animal alone. So that's a good thing, right? (laughs) Yeah, bias, it's it's a marker of our history. It's a marker of where we've been and what we've seen. But left unchecked, um, unconscious bias can lead to great detriment uh, for social groups and the world that we share. It can shackle us.
0: In place okay welcome. so that was really interesting that so that's all about comp that's all about confirmation bias so we see that we have these biases automatically in our brain that's called the ffa and it sends neuron connections throughout our brain in order for us to categorize things in order for us to uh, differentiate between certain things right so when we think of a lawyer what color is a lawyer what gender is that lawyer when you think of a cook who should be cooking what color is the cook what gender is that cook a banker right when we think of someone in jail what color are they you know, when you think of a teacher, she didn't say teacher, but think of a teacher. What color is a teacher? What color is the teacher that you envision or the gender of the teacher you envision? So yes, we, we're going to have these confirmation biases because these are biases that allows us to be able to Know how to make decisions to keep us out of trouble So for instance instead of you speeding you don't speed Instead of you talking to uh, um Uh, instead of you stealing out of the store, you don't do that just because you saw your friend do it Right because your friend doing it is like, okay, well see Is that telling you that that's okay for you to do it? Your perception, this is all in your perception. So your experience impact the neuron connections in your brain. So the reason why these people can relate to some people, their own color of their skin is because it activates neuron connections in the brain. you understand your culture you understand your tradition similar like if you were to go to church you know how your church is if you go to a different church that's outside your you you know your religion you might be uncomfortable so we you you set these type of visions for certain things that it, it causes um confirmation bias so confirmation bias is something that everyone has you know like probably experienced because it focuses on information that only confirms your existing perceptions that's what confirmation bias is it's going to confirm your pre-existing thoughts and beliefs that's it and so we see that that isn't right because For instance, you might say, we did loads of simulations. Most of them showed there is no problem. Confirmation bias again. So I'll go, I'll finish going over the other biases tomorrow, but I'm at the two hour mark. So let me go ahead and pray, everybody. Father God, we just thank you for giving us your word today. Thank you for allowing us to dive into perceptions and understandings and influences and just being led by the holy spirit god we ask that you please allow us to receive the Holy Spirit in a way where we can get gifts of the Holy Spirit. God, allow us to be mature in thought and action where we're not infants in Christ, where we're not just on baby milk and understanding your word, God. Let us be mature in thought and actions in our lives and our decisions, God. We want to be influenced by you. So we want you included in our choices and our decisions, God. So please, please, God, continue to inspire our choices and decisions. God, soften the hearts of your children, even those that are lost. God, soften the hearts of all of us, everybody, to make sure that we're including you in our choices and decisions, no matter what that may be, God. So, God, we just give you glory, praise, and honor, but we want your will to be done in our life. So, we ask that you just continue to inspire us and motivate us so that we can activate righteousness in our lives by through our obedience let us activate righteousness through obedience god let us be obedient to you god show us how to be obedient to you show us how to communicate with you whatever it takes god let us let us give you let us be your children that can give make you happy god So we give you glory, praise, and honor, but most importantly, God, please allow your will to be done in our life, not our will or anyone else, but yours in the name of Jesus Christ. It is sealed in your atonement.